yo 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 what is up everybody what is up my homies uh welcome back to the good days only podcast bringing you good coffee good vibes and good music a podcast for all bringing you the honest caffeine breakdowns and reviews sprinkling in some good news to add some positivity to your day during these stressful times man Last but not least, going to be rounding off the podcast here with a little parting gift for y'all to help get you through the week. Let you know what I'll be bumping in my headphones on the way to work while driving down the road on a crisp fall morning to the store to do some grocery shopping. Um, You know, whatever it might be. So without further ado, let's get into it. And today... For the caffeine breakdown in episode number four, here we are, the five categories. Number one, the coffee name and the roaster. Number two, the appearance and packaging. Number three, the roast type. Number four, the brew style. Uh, Number five, the coffee grind type. All right. Well, let's get down to it. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. All my Nacho Libre fans out there, I got you. If you have not watched Nacho Libre, you probably will not understand that. But it's um, it's funny. You should watch it. Check it out. Watch it around Easter's. All right. Number one, the coffee name and the roaster. What we got today? This coffee comes from a roaster whom uh, many of you may have heard this name, I think, out on the streets. Maybe you even gone in for the nice ambiance and pumpkin spice. That's right. We're talking about Starbucks. Hey, opened originally in 1971 at our local Pike Place Market here in Seattle, Washington. I did not know that they had been open since 1971 until I found this out just recently. Dude, that's like before the 80s. So that's a minute ago. But these motherfuckers out here, um, and what do we pick up, you might ask, while perusing the shelves at the QFC? That's right, we got ourselves some Starbucks Blonde Veranda Blend. Hmm. And the term veranda, had to look this one up, uh, a roofed platform along the outside of a house level with the ground floor. Interesting name choice here. Maybe uh, this is how they intended you to drink this blend, this coffee, under the veranda. Um, But the veranda blend is a blend of premium Latin American beans. I think they got a little lazy with this on here. I mean, yo, Latin American countries range from, like, Mexico to the tip of Chile. So, might as well just say American beans, you know. But, anyways... It has a light body and medium acidity, uh, medium to high acidity, I would say, giving us a a mellow, chilled out, relaxed cup of coffee. Uh, The flavors here include hints of soft cocoa and lightly toasted nuts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Let me get a little sip sip right here. Yes, lightly toasted nuts. I could actually taste that in this one. Soft cocoa, too, sure. I think those are pretty safe bets when thinking of descriptions for coffees, though. So um, maybe they're getting away with this one a little bit here. 
but let's talk about the appearance and the packaging here and hey all right starbucks these son of a guns they get in the packaging right and uh, i think we can all agree on this all right they've been at this game for a while now 1971 so unlike other uh local or smaller roasters uh starbucks probably well, they probably they definitely have an entire team like working on the appearance and packaging uh, but this one here got it in the gold or blonde bag maybe but yes gold in color uh, got the little starbucks mermaid and also a little hummingbird on here dude what uh, maybe, hey, maybe you got a little hummingbird feeder under the veranda when you're sipping on this coffee. I also like that they actually gives you a story here that explains the veranda. In Latin America, coffee farms are often run by families with their own homes on the land where their coffee grows. We've sipped coffee with these farmers for decades, sitting on their verandas. Ooh. Overlooking the lush beauty of the coffee trees rolling out in the distance. Most times, it was a lightly roasted coffee like this one. It took us more than 80 tries to get it right. Mellow and flavorful. Wowza. That's, that's a cool story. Let's go to the roast type here. And, um, yep, you may have guessed it. We got ourselves a light roast here with that name, the blonde. This is actually a big part of the reason... I chose this coffee this for this episode. The last few episodes have been like medium, medium to dark or dark roasts, um, you know, fuller bodies, less acidity. Wanted to try something different here. And uh, honestly, not too shabby with the blonde roast, the light roast here from Starbucks. We got a little bit more caffeine in this than the darker roast. Uh, the blonde roast, specifically for Starbucks, has 360 milligrams per 16 ounces of caffeine. That is a grande size. Um, the medium roast for them has 310 milligrams per 16 ounces. And uh, the dark roast actually weigh less here with uh, 260 milligrams per 16 ounces. But um, blonde roast, less body for show, but more caffeine. Sometimes you just need a little bit more caffeine, a little more pep in your step. This uh, lighter body uh, allows you to also taste a little bit more of that distinct flavor, I think, of the beans. Mmm, the flavor. But let's see, the tasting notes from Starbucks. Toasted malt and baking chocolate. Okay, okay. What I thought was a noticeable difference is, yes, definitely the less body. It gives a little more watered down a mouthfeel with this one than the other coffees that we've tried. The body's kind of tough to tell, though, sometimes, especially if you don't drink coffee too often. But something you can definitely notice when comparing two different roasts side by side. Like if you have a dark roast and a light roast and you just sip on one side by side and uh, compare those, it's pretty easy to tell that different mouthfeel. I would compare a lighter roast to like coffee flavored tea. You know, tea being more watered down uh, than most coffees. So if that mouthfeel is an issue for you with the coffees, try out the lighter roast. You might like that if you like tea. 
Although, again, acidity very much present here, and uh, especially on the back end of that sip. Personally, not too into that, but hey, to each their own. Also, if you guys hear that in the background, our studio here, the ceiling, unfortunately, is not soundproof. So I apologize for that. But let's get down to the brew style. And on the bag here, we also got ourselves a little direction, all right, from Starbucks. Thank you. They tell us, hey, grind the beans for your brewing method. And they have a little line graph here with the coarseness um, of the bean or, or the grind type. So from the more coarse grind for the press right there that it says. And then it's got a flat filter, a cone filter option, and the more fine for like espresso types. And it's got the little beans there. Obviously, these are not to scale, but it's still a good reference point and something that uh, we much appreciate Starbucks. The world is our oyster on this one as far as the uh, brew style. So since we got a handy little graph here and dealer's choice on the grind type, um, guess what? Yep, you guessed it. The pour over and the French press. That's what we tried this last week. And for the pour over and the French press brew styles, we got the medium fine grind and the coarse grind, uh, again, respectively. When grinding these beans, um, the coffee bean aromas seem stronger here than the other roasts, which I found interesting. Um, not much of that burnt, like smoky, harsher smell you might catch from the dark roast. Uh, the same is true for when pouring out the coffee over the grind. So I really enjoyed the aromas here. Speaking of aromas... What do we grade this coffee? Uh, let's let's grade this coffee. The aromas were great. I like the story, the background story, uh, and I hope that that is true. But uh, still a light, light body, too light for my liking. And uh, the acidity, definitely notice the acidity with this one. So I'm going to have to give this one a 7.5 uh, out of 10. That's still a C. So uh, still pretty all right for a light roast. Just not my, you know, not my cup of tea, cup of coffee. But that's all right. All right. So uh, let's move on. Let's get into the good news. Let me get a little sip sip actually right here. Mm. Mm hmm. Veranda. Nice. So if you tuned in last episode, I mentioned I was going camping. And uh, the unfortunate news that there was a burn ban, so we weren't going to be able to have a campfire, you know, roast marshmallows. But once we got to the campsite, we got the news. Uh, the burn ban was actually lifted the day before we got there or the day that we got there that morning. So we got some good news there. And hey, that made for an awesome camping trip, uh, awesome experience. Nice to get away and, you know, disconnect. Uh, again, if you're not big into camping or have never gone camping, I encourage you to uh, give it another go or maybe try it out for the first time. Recommend going with somebody, at least at least one person in the group. Uh, who knows what you're doing, though, you know, that knows how to get a fire going, um, got the necessary materials to get you through a weekend or a night of camping, okay? So they can help guide you and, you know, you come away with a positive camping experience. You know, nature really makes you think. Hmm. 
we had some uh, rain rolling through Washington uh, that led to, I think, that burn ban being lifted last weekend. But this has helped continue to tame the flames in the area as well. A little update on the fires that we have mentioned before uh, that are still burning throughout the or up and down the west coast here of the U.S. Uh, many of these fires that we've seen over the last several months, uh, some are now coming under major containment, though. Some of the larger fires in Washington, uh, the Whitney Fire uh, here in Washington State, uh, 127,430 acres burned, now at 95% containment. The Apple Acres Fire in Washington also, uh, 223,730 acres uh, had burned uh, so far, and 94% of that is contained. So some, you know, good news there that those are coming under under more containment. Uh, in Oregon, the Holiday Farm Fire, 173,393 uh, acres, now in 84% containment. The Riverside Fire, 204,000 469 acres so far. A little less contained here, 46% on that fire. Hopefully we see that change here soon, but team's still working long hours, fighting these fires. And again, hey, huge shout out to those on the front lines. And thank you. Thank you. Um, moving to California, the August Complex Fire. Now, this is like the largest fire officially in California history. Over 1 million acres um, that have burned across the, the state of California in this fire alone. This is a 65% containment, um, and that's just a gigantic fire, man. So just everybody who's out there taking care, that's going out your way. Um, Slater Devils Fire, uh, 155,726 acres, is at 70% containment. Um, the Dolan Fire along the coast of California there, uh, 125,000 acres, 98% containment. Um, the North Complex Fire, uh, 319,000 acres uh, burnt and 90% containment now, so that's good. Um, the Creek Fire, uh, also the 300,000 um, range there for acres, and that one's coming up on 50% containment. Uh, hey, all these to say, I think, you know, again, I want to just say thank you to the hardworking teams out there on the front lines, um, but I believe we are past the big hump, you know, so... Hopefully coming up to an end to these fires in this fire season. Good to hear that uh, it's looking like that end is in sight. You know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, from there we can begin to rebuild, you know, move forward. Putting it all behind us. Uh, 2020, I think many people agree that we're ready to put this shit behind us. For real. For real, man. Um, but let me hit you with some some other good news I've laid eyes on, heard through the grapevine. Um, you know what? And let me say this here, um, kind of a random side note. Good point that was brought to my attention. Uh, just thought of it right now. I realize it might sound like this podcast is just one big ass ad. 
Um, but I'm not being paid by these roasters I mention or the companies that I bring up or artists that I mention. Just doing it for the fun, all right? And for the process. It's been fun so far, man. Uh, I've learned a lot, actually, in the last couple of weeks, and I hope you have too. But, yes, thank you for that sidebar. Let's get back to the good news. Um, I saw this headline. And shout out, shout out to Lowe's, the building supply and home improvement store for this one. Uh, Lowe's is giving employees $100 million in bonuses amidst this pandemic um, as of last week. Now, this is news um, as of last week, but what's even cooler is that Lowe's has, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, supplied its employees with $675 million in extra pay and bonuses um, so far this year. They've uh, bumped full-time pay up $2 an hour uh, back in April. Now, Lowe's employees stacking the cheddar. They got the bread rising, a new $300 bonus for hourly workers, and um, our part-time and seasonal staff getting some love, too, with a $150 bonus. Uh, get a little bit of that cheese, too. Unexpected cheddar. Uh, maybe take a little vacation. Um, you know, wow. But, yes, good good job, Lowe's. That's a, that was some good news. And speaking of uh, vacation, dude, l- let's talk about the NBA Finals. What, dude? Oh my gosh! I thought I thought the Lakers had it in the bag last game. Not gonna lie, but it's not done yet. Miami winning by three, representing Jimmy Butler, thirty-five points. He had the triple double, um, twelve for twelve from the free throw line. Have yourself a game, sir. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I mean LeBron. Leading the pack with 40 points, still looking determined. But hey, as we go on um, into Game Six of the series, this is uh, this is a, an exciting finals uh, to be watching. So uh, it's been an awesome series so far, and both teams, you know, they're throwing blows at each other, um, not backing down. Looking forward to the rest of the series, though. Here, will it go to Game Seven? I don't know. I guess we shall see. Um, for those of you that are into basketball or just love the good old-fashioned competition in sports, uh, this is exciting. And since today is Saturday, uh, the next game is Sunday night, I believe. So we got that to look forward to. Um, I guess if you're listening to this and it comes out on Monday, it already happened. So we'll just see. I'm excited. Um, Danny Green, sorry, I think you run funny. A little too stiff on the torso. You look rigid in the transition. Um, But while we're on the subject of transitions. That's right. You guessed it. It's time for the weekly whistle. And today. Alina Baraz. Sounds a little exotic now that I'm saying it into the microphone. But, anyways, yes, Alina Baraz. Most recent album came out in 2020, titled It Was Divine. Some 
good chill music to relax to, you know, kick back, uh, maybe take a drive in the rainy weather, uh, reorganizing your closet, removing the furniture around. Times you might feel stressed out, you know, some background synthesizer action there, some pianos, some organs. It's just an overall smooth um, album and it's easy to listen to. It's her first official uh, full-length album that came out this year, and and she was on another project uh, back in 2015 with Gali Mat Gali Matthias Gali Matthias. I don't know wh- how to say that. <laughs> Gali Matthias. I I don't know. Um, he's an electronic DJ. Uh, Alina split off from that though and kind of focused on her own path and wanting to be a solo artist so she's now a solo R&B soul singer Uh, she has had features with other famous singers and has a lot of these artists on um, her new album Uh, Khalid is on there Smino is on there Black and uh, Nas I mean Nas come on she's doing something right if she got Nas on her tracks that's cool this newest album, though, the 2020 album, is um, it's a pretty personal album about her own self-worth and growth, you know, finding herself, uh, following a sort of underlying theme of uh, her relationship from the beginning, you know, the beginning butterflies and going through the breakup and having to start over. Um, so we got throughout the album some, you know, some upbeat bass lines, a nice little kick drum snare action in songs like Morocco featuring Black and Gimme the Wheel featuring our boy Smino. And uh, this is kind of at the beginning of the album. So those little bit of the butterflies, beginning of the butterflies, that's what that's uh, kind of how these make you feel a little bit. We got some tropical vibes here in the song Off the Grid featuring Khalid. Uh, this song reminds me of driving along the coast on the beautiful island of Oahu. Uh, you know, sunny weather and beaches. And actually, uh, Alina herself saying this was the most important song in her career, life altering even. Um, This song, as she mentions, gave her the strength to leave that relationship that she was in, which is uh, pretty intense, pretty intense. But hey, we knew that coming into this, right? Because it says up front, it's a pretty personal album. Uh, Let me get a little sip sip right here. Mm. We got a little got a little sex appeal here in the song uh Take It Home. I'm not sure if this is what was intended, but this is just what I'm picking up here. Uh and we got some some sassy vibes in the song featuring Nas titled Until I Met You. I mean Nas Nas, come on. He's got he's just got one of those uh he's got one of those very distinctive voices, you know, distinct distinctive Hmm. i think either works either 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 Hmm. but anyways whenever this man's rapping you listen to what he's saying you know there are rappers and singers um you know they can sing or rap but if the beat is fire sometimes you stop listening to the lyrics and just bob to the bass line uh you know but this guy Nas, he's different he's different He's one of the legends. When he he speaks, you listen. And the album rounds off 
uh, with a with a song titled "The Beginning," uh, coming to the conclusion of a very personal album. Uh, this song is intended to feel like a continuous, endless loop, because that's how life is. And let me just actually let me just read the quote here for y'all. Let me get a little sip, sip first. Alina tells us, I wanted it to feel like an endless loop because that's how life feels. You never really know where the story starts or finishes. I guess it's also a window into how I operate. Even after I'm done talking shit about someone, I'm still like, hey, that's just how I can be. If I loved you once, I'll love you for the rest of my life. I don't think we have much power over that. We are who we are because of love. Even if we don't end up together. I think we're forever changed and inspired by that love, because at one point, it was everything. Wow. Alina Baraz, an artiste at the core. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Some smooth, easy listening. I also recommend listening to that 2015 album with uh, Galimatias or Galimatius um, called Urban Flora. And the first song... That had me like, damn, like this girl's got something going on. Was, was fantasy. That's what it was called. Fantasy. Listen to that song. Listen to, probably listen to that song first before listening to the 2020 album. And, um, oh yeah, that's a great song. But yes, check her out. Let me know what you think. Follow the podcast Instagram at GDO Podcast. Um, you know, tagging the coffee roasters we come across on this journey, do some Instagram live videos on there. Um, you know, shoot me a DM, send me any recommendations you got, uh, whatever coffee you guys are sipping on, maybe some headlines of the news that you came across that brings a smile to your face so we can share the positivity here. Uh, or, you know, just say what's up again. That's at GDO podcast on Instagram. Hey, business inquiries, uh, shoot me an email, gdopodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, holla at your boy. But bye bye for now. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>